How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It is the very sweaty L-E-F-K-O-E man outside of a hotel in California getting sunburned and having form of EDM beats pumping through my veins. It's a big, big show. We're recording on Wednesday because I don't understand time differences, but the always astute, the always intelligent, the always flawless, beard-having, mustache-donning, curls-flowing David Ingber joins me to start the pod. It's a pleasure to see you, pal. Thank you so much for noticing my curls, Lefro. That's actually something I've been working on in, in COVID, you know, during quarantine. A lot of people have been working on new skills, become right. experts at carpentry. I've actually been trying to embrace the curly hair I've always tried to tamp down my whole life. Listen, man, be you. You know, that's your identity. Just make sure that they're luscious and they're juicy. You need juicy curls. You don't need those dry that, curls. Yeah. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and because I'm in California... I had about like 5.30 this morning, I don't know, 80 notifications about all of the COVID that's happening in the NFL right now from the fact that it's not just Cam Newton anymore. It's Stefan Gilbor, the Tennessee Titans flaring up again. Now we're worried about the Chiefs. Uh, There's someone on the Raiders apparently, and obviously this could change by the time this podcast comes out. But this is something that you explicitly talked about, I believe it was last week where you kind of felt like this seems kind of haphazard how we're all doing this. And the fact that your Patriots said it was just Cam, and now we're seeing that it's Stefan Gilmore and many, many more. Um, what is it like for you to know that like your players were kind of put at risk just because they were like, Let, let's push this game back a day? What, what, what is that for someone that actually roots for that team? I think a lot of us like to think about an NFL team and then they equate that to their own personal work experience where they say like, imagine if, if I was on your team and, and I did something like that at work, man, I would get suspended for doing what these guys did. We all know that an NFL team is nothing like your office workplace, but in many ways it is still a workplace, right? And there are many times throughout this season where something is happening and if it had happened at Bleacher Report, let's say, let's say we were all coming into the office still every day and we were being told you got to wear masks and you got to have hand sanitizer. All of us have been working remotely, of course, but if we had all been coming into work and then it turned out that Adam Lefko tested positive for COVID, I don't think we would all take a giant road trip, the 400 employees of us, and go hang out at another uh, workplace that hadn't had a positive test. I feel like we would have been more careful than that. And just it's, it's just surprising to me. Shout out to Diana Rossini and Tom Pelissero and a lot of people that are breaking a lot of these stories. And, you know, you go on Twitter and you can get good information. So shout out to the reporters that are doing the work. But why is it hard to come by? Why are reporters trying to leverage their sources in order to learn this stuff? I feel like the NFL should be getting ahead of all of this and saying, all right, we got together. We put our best minds together in April and May and June and July. And we had all these contingencies. We had months and months and months to prepare. We had other leagues like the NHL, the NBA, the MLB and uh, WNBA and MMA and NASCAR. We had all these other leagues as like experiments ahead of us to show us what it looked like. Golf and tennis, what was going right, what was going wrong. They should have had like a 500 page booklet that we could have read online of like, okay, if the Titans get this, then the Steelers will do this. If there's a bye week, then we'll do this. We'll move the Super Bowl back. This should all be stuff that we all know, right? Heading in to a game where you don't know what the rules are is very disconcerting for almost anyone. Mm. My daughter loves to tell me, hey, we're going to play a game now. The game is you run to the refrigerator. And then I run to the refrigerator and she says, no, that's not the rules. And I'm like, well, you got to tell me what the rules are before, you know? It's, it, it, I... It just it's surprises me as a billion dollar business, let alone yes. a thing that we all love to watch. It's a business and it's just surprising that they don't it, want to get out ahead of it. Ingber, it's week four and they're like, hey, maybe we'll do bubbles. In week four, they're saying this. It's crazy. You know and who was talking what, about doing bubbles? You and Warren Sharp on this podcast seven months ago? In it's March. Not this, You're right. This is not a but, new concept. I also want to say this. I've noticed a divide online, and it's been this way for a few months, where there's one group saying that it seems like people are rooting against the season. And then there's the other group that goes, we're just trying to be safe. And what I've realized is that the people that are saying that people are rooting against it, they're calling those people selfish because they don't, I don't know, they don't want to work or whatever it is. But what I'm realizing is that The people that want these athletes to keep playing and that say the other side takes joys and cancellations, they're the selfish ones. They're the ones that don't want to adjust their fantasy lineups. They're the ones that are like, well, what about my entertainment? Do you know what I thought about this morning when I saw Stefan Gilmore hugging Patrick Mahomes? 
Oddly enough, it wasn't even me that thought about it. I sent that picture to my fiance, Enam, and you know the first word that came out of her mouth? Oh my God. Pat's fiance is pregnant. And that's what I don't think people are thinking about right now. These are people what if Pat, with families. What if Patrick Mahomes went home and got his fiance who is pregnant infected? We have no idea how this impacts pregnant women. We don't. And that's why for me, when I hear sports broadcasters out there talking about, oh, you just want to see the season canceled, I want to say you don't care about these players. You don't know them. You haven't met them. You don't know their personal lives. You think I want my buddy Travis Kelsey getting sick? And then in 20 years, we realize the long-term effects of this when he's been keeping himself. And he's, and you think one of these athletes is not going, is going to go, you know what? I'm done. If the team and the NFL is telling them it's safe, like the team is saying, okay, let's, we're going to get on the flight. And you got to go. They're looking out for my health. In this season, we have seen a doctor puncture the lung of a quarterback. We are seeing the league throw these players haphazardly into situations where the other team has COVID and we, we're not even testing for it apparently all the time. It, I'm, I'm worried about my friends. I'm worried about the people that I care about. I'm not, I'm not worried about my fantasy lineup. I'm, I'm not worried about these games because the, the true thing is, is like people don't think about the families that are around these athletes. And I'm just too close to them to, to not think about it. When people talked about, oh, you just wanted to cancel the season, that feels like such a buzz phrase that we all wanted football to happen. We all want the economy to stay open. We all want our kids to be in school. Everyone wants that on both sides of this. It's just a matter of what's the best and safest course of action that can lead to those positive results. So when the NBA said, we're shutting down, People didn't immediately say, no, we want basketball, therefore we have to do it. The NBA regrouped and said, here is a very, very safe way that we think will optimize our chances at being able to have an uninterrupted playoffs. And I feel like they've done a pretty flawless job. We just had game four last night of the final. So it seems like they're in the very, very home stretch here. And it seems like there hasn't been a single positive test because they did it all in one area. Daily testing, crazy precautions, $150 million spent into making this bubble. I don't think anyone would have said... No, they needed to just press on and continue to play basketball in 30 different cities because that's the way I'm used to watching it. No, everyone wanted football to happen this year. We just wanted it to happen under the safest possible conditions for these people that we love to root for. And if you think, oh, they're millionaires, they know what the risks are. It's like, that's not part of it because they come home and they have cousins and they have neighbors and they have people that they work with that are not the millionaires that did not sign up to be in the NFL. Mm. I did take a lot of comfort, though, in Roger Goodell's press conference where he addressed this head on. Oh, wait, that's never happened. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to talk to Kelly Stewart of BR Betting, and we're going to really dive into how she's approaching this season, the over paradox that's happening right now and a lot of other bets. And then we're going to get to crack where I, I even ask him the question, OK, listen, if my guy Pat gets sick. Should we start putting in future bets against the Chiefs in upcoming weeks if we know that he might not play, sort of like what happened with Cam Newton? All that's coming up, and then we're going to make our picks. Uh, but I felt like we had to get into that. Ingber, uh, you're the man. And now let's hear that sound of John Barshard's voice. Mm. It's deep dive interview time. Tell us something we don't already know, won't you? Ooh, John Barshard. That's right. It's deep dive time. Uh, my setting has changed. I'm no longer sweating in a hotel parking lot. I'm now in the office of DJ Ski. Shout out to DJ Ski for letting me do it. But I'm also joined uh, by somebody that uh, I think when it comes to sports gambling and wagering has been in the game for such an extended period of time that all the bullshit that you see online it's not getting by her. Kelly Stewart, I've had a chance to now work with her a few times with the BR betting crew. Uh, I think the work she does outside of it, Wager Talk, is awesome, and it's an honor to have her here. Kelly, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me, Adam. Uh, your office right now definitely Ballin'. looks, uh, yeah. I think you just need to take this back to New York with you. Somebody slid into my DMs recently and said, LOL, why do people tell me to fade you and Kelly? And I responded, because they're idiots, but mainly when they fade you. Uh, before, because the deep dive, I kind of want to get into 
what has this season been like as an experienced better? Because I feel like it's so unique. Um, but if you could kind of give your your story and your path for people, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, it is a long story, Adam. And you know how the, the new recent meme is where it started and where it is yes. today? It's kind of interesting because I've debated on whether I want to post that or not. Look, um, I grew up in Kansas. I know you've spent some significant time in the Midwest yourself. Great mm-hmm. place to grow up. Went to Kansas State. And uh, I moved to Las Vegas during the recession, right? I didn't want to get a real job. I've never once in my life wanted to get a real job. And somehow I have essentially parlayed a passion of mine, which is sports, plus gambling into a career. So that is the the long story short. And it has been a hell of a ride. And I've enjoyed every second of it. There are so many ways to go. I love that on this episode, we're going to have you and crack. So it's almost like the action documentary lived out. By the way, what did being on action, what did that do for you? What was the impact of that doc on Showtime? So at the risk of sounding like a diva, I didn't want to do it. Uh, football season is so was it because of Vegas, Dave. Well, that's kind of a crack can tell you, but we were kind of lied to about whether Vegas Dave was going to be on the show or not. Um, I originally said, if he's on the show, I'm not going to do it, but I was looking for other excuses too. I think a lot of people, and and I'm not going to sit here and go, Oh my God, I'm the busiest person in the world, but I do have a pretty extensive football season schedule. And a lot of that is handicapping games. We're talking 20, 30 hours a week needs to go into your numbers, into your information, plus throwing media stuff. Um, so it, it kind of, at first was like, nah, you guys aren't going to pay me. What's really the point. And, you know, they talked me into it and said, listen, we're going to make you a star. This is going to be awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but can you leave out all the bad stuff? Like, you know, me yelling at somebody while I'm driving or being frustrated at the nail salon or like, you know, just the the average day-to-day things. Like we know, again, I mentioned I'm from Kansas, but I have a a little bit of a New Yorker uh, attitude at times. Like I got things to do, people to see, get out of my way. So uh, the the directors are kind enough to leave all of that out. And I was really happy with the final piece. And you're right, it it absolutely uh, exploded my career. Is it one of those things like you walk through a sports book and you just get yelled at now? Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite that extensive, but yeah, I mean, every time I'm at a book, somebody says hi. And like, I always try to say hi to everybody. The funny thing that happened the other day, I was sitting there with some buddies and I did sober October. So I hadn't drank in over a month. And so I had a couple of claws. Next thing you know, I got a buzz and my phone rings and I needed to run outside and take it. And as I'm like jogging out to take it, I hear Kelly in Vegas. And I just like do this like halfway wave and like run outside. And I was like, God, they probably thought that was super rude. So like I try to go That's back, awesome. be a little nice. And then they wanted to talk to me about NBA props. I'm like, um, there's football on the TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm curious because like my, my guy, Warren Sharp, I kind of have an idea of what his process is from like as soon as the game's on Sunday end. And he's already thinking about the week after and sometimes the week after that. I'm curious, what is what is your process? Is it is it very regimented how your weeks go? Because this time of the year is very repetitive, but I'm curious, what is the numbers process? How does that work for you? So Adam, it's really evolved over the years. Um, probably about five or six years ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my own power ratings. I'm, I, I've spent time with the guys over at Don Best. I know how to do it. I had friends that had algorithms. There was a several, uh, it was kind of a work in progress, right? And then when all the media stuff started happening, I was like, holy crap, I don't have time to devote to this the way that I should. And once I started at Wager Talk, realizing that there's three or four guys, plus my guy, Kenny White um, from Don Best, they had their own numbers. Ed Fang put together a triple set of numbers. Warren Sharp, as you just mentioned, great numbers. And I kind of said, look, I'm going to be friends with these guys. I'm going to share the information I have, but they're going to share their numbers with me. Now, I am not an end-all, be-all, die-by-the-numbers type of person. And I know guys that are like, my number says this, Point blank, period, the end. Uh, I'm also looking for situations. I'm all, also looking for overreactions, whether it be a quarterback change because of an injury or whether this year due to COVID-19 protocols, things of that. When you start to see overreactions in the marketplace, it kind of directs me in the opposite direction. It directs most people. So there's kind of a, a, a ebb and flow. Um, one of the things I stopped doing was trying to get things done on Sunday night. After a long day of mm. football, you're watching, you're processing. I let myself actually just, okay, we're done. Monday morning, get up, go to the gym, look for Monday night stuff. And then Tuesday's really my big day. And I think it has started to help me more so because there's those guys that are betting Sunday evening, Monday morning, as soon as the lines come out. And this year, 
is just not one of those years, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, it, I think that it, it changes, and it's an ever-evolving thing. We know that the NFL is one of the tightest games uh, as far as a numbers perspective to bet. Yeah. We know that the margins are razor thin. I always hear there's not a lot of money to be made in, in the NFL. And, and there's not. College football is my bread and butter. Um, NFL, because of the situations with college this year and some teams playing, uh, conferences playing, things like that. It was kind of like, well, I've got to really focus on the NFL this year. And there has been some money to be made for this through this first month, which has been interesting because the bookmakers are on the same side, right? They're just kind of navigating the best that they can navigate as well. I feel like the money has been made on overs. It's been the theme of this podcast for the last two, three weeks. And it's something I've talked about with Crack, which is when is the week to start pounding unders when the books are going to adjust? And he was kind of saying that this might be the week. Um, we thought it might be last week, and then every early slate went over 60. I know that you talked to a lot of the line makers as well. I'm curious what has been their perspective of this season thus far. So the line makers' perspective have been – just do what they do and do it best and adjust, but don't overreact. And that is why they've gotten absolutely smoked on those totals. So just to give you an idea, 48 and a half, that's what the average score has been so far for the first four weeks, 4.8 points per game. It's gone over the average total and bookmakers haven't even adjusted for 50% of that yet. Now this week is a different story. And as you mentioned with crack, you guys can start to uh, break that down of which week is it going to be. Listen, I'm not rushing to back unders yet this week mm -hmm. either, though we do see a ton of totals in the 50s. I think the bookmakers have gotten really lucky that people aren't just absolutely hammering these overs blindly, which you would think that they would have been after the last couple of weeks. Um, from what I'm hearing, the, the good news is, is those money line parlays, those crazy teasers have really been saving them outside of week two. Week two, the books got smoked. We know that. I got smoked. Well, because I think what weeks. what did the favorites go sixteen and zero in week two? Basically, there was no nobody lost outright. What the bookmakers need each wow. and every Sunday is dogs to win the game outright. Teasers to ruin to those parlays. Yeah, yep. that's what was so funny to me. The amount of non gambling touts touting how well they did in week two, and I was like, guys, you picked all the favorites. Like that's not an accomplishment, but they did it. Yeah. You know, funny story. So there's a progressive pool here in Vegas where you pick every game on the board. And if you go perfect, you win the prize of $25,000, right? I had not one, not two, but three separate girlfriends who all had the Titans over the Raiders and said to me, how do I hedge this? And I said, well, now you're number three that's reached out to me. I'm going to go ahead and guess there's 39 more of you here mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. If not, and it actually turned out there was over 70 people that had picked perfect up until that Saints game. And I believe it was still six or seven guys that had the Raiders to win because it's just you don't have to pick the spread. You just pick the winner. And it, mm -hmm. they had the Raiders. And so they had to chop the 25 grand six ways. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, she, the first girl hit me up and I said, you know, Taylor, in order to hedge, I'd go lay like 11 grand on the Raiders money line. She's like, Oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, well, you got to let That's it ride. What These are what your options are. And you're asking me for help, but it is kind of funny because that week two was an absolute utter bloodbath. Mm. This, this season overall with so much uncertainty and we don't even know who's going to be playing. We don't even know when the games are going to be playing. Um, how, how have you found yourself, mentally like attacking it and trying to find those margins? So I'm trying to do what I've always done and that's to get the best of the number, right? Um, we can talk about the Steelers Titan game uh, getting canceled, but then the Patriots Kansas city game got moved, but we knew cam right. was going to be out. The line shoots up five and a half points comes down ends around 11, 11 and a half, depending on where you shopped and Kansas city was able to get that cover late. If you laid seven, Early on, you look like a genius. If you took 12 and a half, not so much. So I think that the the interesting thing here is just do what you can do best. If the game gets canceled, the good news is the bookmakers are going to refund you. Mm -hmm. Well, double check the rules at your sports book. But usually, if it's not played during by Tuesday, they're going to cancel the game. Um, for me, I've been waiting. And I've been just kind of like a shark lurking in the water, like what's going to happen? And then there's been a few times that I've missed a good number. So you're um, like Sunday, 1230. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, I would say Friday afternoon. Gotcha. Um, Friday afternoon, we know the dust is settled. Unfortunately, you've missed some good numbers at that point in time. 
I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I'd already have some games bet for this week, but that's getting positive news that, you know, the first COVID test went well. That's um, yes. anticipating that this line is going to move in an opposite direction of where I want it to go. So there's those kind of things. And those bets are very small. Those are getting ahead of the market. Like I'm not out here dropping two dimes on a game like the Kansas City game where, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, the embrace uh, with the defensive player from uh, the Patriots. So I'm going to talk about this with with crack coming up. And what I said is, is, is there a reason that I shouldn't be betting against the Chiefs in the next two, three weeks in future lines at the possibility that they're going in with not Patrick Mahomes? I'm not going to lie to you. I have not bet the Raiders yet. Have I thought about it about four times today in between mm. video breaks? I have. And that's, of course, I'm not cheering for anybody to ever of get COVID not. or to be sick or to be injured, but to get ahead of something like that. Yeah, you have to think about it. Um, and then also, you know, with the testing positive, how many other members or uh, team members or staff members of the Kansas City Chiefs could be possibly infected? I mean, totally. this is going to be a thing that happens all season long. And we're all playing a guessing game. You know, I asked um, one of the bookmakers, uh, the Titans are in a unique situation this week, right? We know that several players tested positive. But most of them are not big name key players. We know it's not Ryan Tannehill. We know it's not Derrick Henry, right? So are they going to play a Bills team that's in a very interesting predicament, right? So you have the Bills off that Raiders travel. Now they're going to play the Titans. Mm. And then who do they have on deck? That's right, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I've been wanting mm. to play the Titans all week. There's no line to bet. That's the unfortunate mm. part. Nobody has stuck their neck out there. I talked to one of the bookmakers here in town. He goes, I think the game's going to get canceled, so we're not going to put it out until we're for certain. And I'm like, wow. dang it. I really wanted to get ahead of it in a situation. Think about where- it, that West Coast to East Coast travel with looking ahead to the Chiefs. It's that that seems like a time like what are the what are some other things that you look for that maybe the noob betters that are just looking they they look up the game and they go I like the Raiders what are, what are what are some other things that you look for in a schedule that sticks out to you that other people might miss so you're gonna hate this one uh, but my favorite bet this week is the Steelers minus seven the Steelers me too I took got- I. I- Preview, I'm t- that's one of my three bets this week. I, I had to. Look, the Steelers got an, an unanticipated bye week last week because of the Titans game being canceled. You had the Eagles. Eagles shit their pants and somehow still win a game. Like they're like a huge emotional win. And it was a night game on a Sunday night cross country, 100%. And, and look, this is a Steelers team I've been high on all year. I bet their season win total over. Um, I've been nice. involved in several of their games early on. I do really think this team is going to battle. Well, now it looks like the Browns are a lot more in the mix than I originally thought, but I thought that they would be battling with the Baltimore Ravens for first place in the AFC mm. North. I'm really high on the Steelers team, and I think that we're going to see the Eagles regress once again. And that is simply because of everything you mentioned. You have the travel schedule. Now you're headed back to the East Coast technically on a short week. I know everybody says, is it really a short week? It's one day less. Yeah, it's a lot. It's one day less for those bruises and and aches and pains to heal. Um, And I I really just think the Steelers coming off of a bye week where it really wasn't a bye week for them. You know, they still did everything that they had to do. They prepared for a game. We didn't find out until basically Saturday. I mean, there was rumblings of it getting canceled. No, they're going to play Monday. No, they're going to play Tuesday to just find out. Okay, cool. We're going to get a Sunday off. And I, I think that situational spots like that are some of my favorites. Now, granted, there's not going to be that probably in the future where it's like, why do we have a a, a bye week that shouldn't have been totally. there? But I would have probably been on the Eagles, or I would have probably bet against the Eagles regardless. And I think that there's also 0-4 teams against the spread, like the Atlanta Falcons. I think a lot of people are banking. Okay, What's this the trend week, there? I yeah. love a good trend. What's the 0-4 yeah, trend? The, tr- the trend there is that the expectation is they've got to cover sometime. Well, no, they don't, especially mm, in games. That was between. the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. I felt like everybody was betting the Browns every week every to get week, the win. It never sharp happened. Guy, every sharp guy, no matter how high the line got, bet the Browns every single week. If you bet the Patriots that same season, I think they were like 12-5 and five against the spread, mm. and the Browns were 4 and you know, something ridiculous, uh, four and 12 against the spread or whatever it was for the 16 games. So those are the kind of things is when you start to look at, especially in between the threes where the Falcons are such a short favorite at home, 
There's not a ton of home field advantage we know in the NFL, but one of the things Ed Fang put out was we're actually seeing more home field advantage this year than we have in years past. And it has nothing- Really? With no crowd? Because it has nothing to do with the crowd. It has to do with familiarity and then the fact of the way the travel schedule is due to the protocol set in place. So these guys aren't getting the walkthroughs that they normally would get. These guys are spending more less time in these cities, right? And I thought, hey, maybe we could find an edge mm. here with the Denver Broncos because of the altitude. If you're spending a day, a Not day and a half less. adjusted to it. But that wasn't the case with the Bucks. Um the last week, obviously, they went to Denver this week. They're going to New England. I'm sorry. They went to the Jets this week. They're going to New England next. I have but- to ask you about that. I have to ask you about that. Yeah. It was something that you were saying before the year, and I was in agreement with you, which was you were betting against the Bucks, And I felt like that first game, I was like, this is exactly what Kelly was talking about. Saints have like familiarity. They can do it. Here comes Bucks. Are you nervous? Did you bet the Bucks under this year? I did. <laughs> Are you officially nervous? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The Bucks looks great. I mean, look, last Tom week- Tom looks could, amazing, Kelly. Tom looked great in that second half. I had a buddy say, Kelly, take the seven with the Chargers now. It's available. It's not going to be available. It's about to get steamed. I bet it, knowing that I could lay six with the Bucks if I wanted to. And I was like, damn it. You didn't even sprinkle on the money line. What is mm. wrong with you? And that was in the first half. And then we saw what happened right before half and the entire tide changed. The momentum swing, that's the thing. When you have weapons like Tom Brady has, when you have a Bruce Arians-led offense like he has, they're yeah. going to be able to score at will. Am I scared about my under 10 and a half? Yeah. Am I really scared about my under nine and a half? Yeah, that's probably dead. I think they're going to win 10 games. I'm going to beat my buddy Chris, who's a big Tom Brady Patriots guy. At least I can win that and save a little bit of face. Um, I, I also think that this time of the year is when, if you can figure out who is for real, that everybody else is doubting. I feel like weeks four through seven are like, I remember when the, the Panthers went 15 and one, I was a big believer in them early that year. They went to the Super Bowl and I was able to get like three or four easy caches. Uh, the, the Mahomes' first year where he was starting, I was saying before the, I remember I have, I got into an argument with Bart Scott about how he's the guy and he didn't believe it. Um, this is a great time of the year where if you believe in a team, you're still going to get some good lines before I feel, are there teams right now that you're high on that you don't think the public is, is believing yet? I wouldn't say there's teams that I'm like exponentially high on. I think that we're going to be able to find some nuggets here and there. Um, I can tell you right now, I know a lot of sharp guys that are really high on the Buffalo Bills. I stepped Mm. in front of that train last week and absolutely got throttled. Um, There were some bad play calls by the Raiders. There were some egregious calls by the refs. But bottom line, the Raiders could not stop Josh Allen and the Bills. I think that they look to be a really good contender uh, to represent the AFC East and even possibly the AFC during the playoffs. Um, Look, I know that it's the Chiefs that they have to lose that spot. Um, And if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, it's it's definitely theirs. But (sighs) I'm trying to think. The the Seattle Seahawks, of course. Where are you on the Colts? Well... Because I have been a Colts champion since preseason. So I have never been a Phillip Rivers fan, and I'm going to tell you why. As a sports better, some of us have teams. Uh, My buddy Marco, it's the Atlanta Falcons. For me, it's been Phillip Rivers. If I bet on Phillip Rivers, he throws three picks, and Mm. I hate my life. If I bet against Phillip Rivers, he throws three bombs into the end zone, and I hate my life. This was a, a spot where I've been on them a couple of times, and I've been against them a couple of times this year. I truly believe he's been set up for success. I really Me like too. Coach Reich. I really think that they built that offensive line for Andrew Luck, even though Kelly, he that defense is fucking for real. And then you nailed it. That defense, if you can catch points with that defense, the problem is, is you're not going to. I did bet the Browns plus two this morning in mm. anticipation that that line is no longer going to be there. I think the Browns is a really good teaser spot this week, getting up over the three and the seven. Uh, yeah, like I'm scared? seeing right now, FanDuel, it's already down to plus one and a half. Yep, and it's probably going to go, um, if I had to guess, to one, if not mm. probably closer to close at a pick This Colts team at three and one against the spread, 
looks to be a really interesting, we'll call him a, a dark horse. Um, I know the Browns, it, it is scary because they got to go up against that Dallas defense last week. So of yes. course they look great. You know, anybody, you play Dallas and you get on your high horse and you feel absolutely awesome. I, I do think that the Browns can eke out a win there. As I mentioned, I like them in a teaser spot because I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown at home. But that Colts defense is going to be a force to reckon with the entire season. Um, Man, I have so many other ways I can go here. I would say, are there any other uh, futures that have caught your attention or that you think that there's still value in? Like I remember last week, Ingber and I were talking about how Joe Burrow, it, it's kind of like they're giving him the rookie of the year. And I saw a lot of value in Justin Herbert, where if the Chargers make a run, I think there's value there. I'm curious, any any futures updated that look good to you? You know, Justin Herbert's going to be interesting. Um, that Chargers defense has some moments of greatness. Obviously, we saw them falter when Tom Brady carved them up yes. in that second half last week. Which They also makes- haven't had Melvin Ingram the last few weeks. And I, I think once you get him and Bosa back, it's a different defense. But I, but I digress. No, I would absolutely agree with you there. When you lose a key player, typically after that first game, everybody rallies around that injury. But then there's some regression to the mean. Yes. And that's, I think, exactly what we saw there after missing Mel- Melvin Ingram. Excuse me. I do like that Justin Herbert bet at Rookie of the Year. You're right. I mean, if somehow they can beat the Chiefs, um, which now they'd have to do an arrowhead, which he almost did in L.A., they'd have to do an arrowhead, which would be interesting. Um, And they could fight for the AFC West. I think he's in a better position than Joe Burrow. Uh, I think the the Bengals are going to get smoked this week by the Ravens. And now I'm not rushing to lay double digits, but we know that in the past few years – We've seen double-digit favorites do really well, over 62% uh, cover mm. rate, and that is kind of gets me a little nervous about these double-digit dogs. Again, we just saw a double-digit favorite cover on Monday evening in the Chiefs. These are not numbers I'm rushing to back, but of course, everybody loves Joe Burrow. They're saying it right out of the gate. He looks so yeah. easy. Here, let's just give you this rookie of the year on a silver platter. I-, I think in order for that to happen, the Bengals have to win six games I have them winning five. Mm. We'll see how it plays out. That tie gets to come into play at least now for him. Uh, one last thing for for people out there that are betting. I know that bankroll management is huge uh, and it's knowing what you can gamble and figuring out. I think the hardest thing for people is like if 1% of your bankroll is like 20 bucks, I think a lot of people out there are like that's not enough juice for me. How do you mentally become okay with what your units are, maybe in the beginning. I'm trying to, people that maybe don't have a ton of money, knowing that it's a system and I'm going to stand by it and not going, I'm going to chase or I really like this one. So I'm going to put a lot of, like, how do you, how do you become okay with it? So this is what I'm going to say about bankroll management, because no, in the beginning, I was probably betting 50, hundred bucks when I first moved to Vegas. Right. And that's not to discredit anybody there, but that's based on how much money I was making. If I was going to work and I was making three or $400 a night in tips, why would I want to turn it, dump it all away on a Saturday college football potentially, or, you know, things of that nature. And I think that's something that's really important while you're building your bankroll. You never want to have to borrow money from your parents or your girlfriend Mm. or anyone for that matter to pay your local or take out more money. I know you can deposit now on apps with credit cards that absolutely Ooh, and utterly scary. terrifies me, um, especially because I know what my credit limits were when I was 25 years old and no bank should have gave me that much money. And if I yeah, had the ability yeah. to just put my sports betting app, listen, I tell people this all the time, learn from my mistakes. It is a roller coaster ride. And when it's good, boy, is it good. But when it is bad, it could be really bad. So when you start off with your bankroll is, look, this is how much money you budget for your, your house. This is how much money you budget for your car. And that's non-negotiable. That's not changing later. Exactly. And I think you absolutely mm. can budget each week for how much you're allowed to gamble until you actually have a bankroll system in place. Like you can talk with Crack about it. Uh, Crack and I have spoken about bankroll management. I always bet between 3 and 5%. The one you just said, is the juice worth the squeeze? No, a 1% or a one yeah. unit play is not fun for me anymore. And then I end up kicking myself regardless. The Dolphins was yeah. a one unit play last week and they kicked five field goals. Had one of those been a touchdown, they would have got the cover. They had a chance to win the game outright, whatever, right? But I was still kicking myself through the third quarter going, 
why didn't you bet more on this? Because I got an early number early on, the mm. reverse line movement, whatever. But in the end of the day, I'm glad I did not add more to it, knowing that, mm. again, it's still the Dolphins and they're playing against Russell Wilson and the now 4-0 Seahawks. So this is a thing that people really have to take into account. Okay, whatever it is, either budget it of your weekly amount that you make and say, okay, I know that I can lose up to $250 a week in gambling and then you're fine. If that's your max, then you know. Then you can, I don't care if you bet 250 bucks on one game, but once it's gone, it's gone. And the discipline mm. has to be there because I do have my concerns, um, especially now that betting's become more mainstream, that people are going to do terrible degenerate things that I've done, that I've seen other people in my life do, and it is not good. You may win one of those chase bets and it feels so good to get back to even or to punch your bookie in the mouth on Sunday afternoon, but let me promise you, that vig will catch up with you. That juice will catch up with you. And when it does, it is a force to reckon with. I have been there too many times, which is why I can speak to it. I know how bad it sucks to be like, uh, can I have another week? Or, um, crap, I better pick up some extra shifts at work. That's not what this no. is supposed to be. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be entertainment. This is supposed to be, for some, a job. This is where you go to work. You put in the work. You get to, mm. you get rewarded handsomely when you you know work really hard at it. And even I know tons of people that put in a ton of work and they don't get rewarded handsomely. So remember it's, it's that. It's my number one fear. It's my number one fear is that now that sports gambling is mainstream, people are going to think it's easy. And people, young people that don't have the money, I didn't know about that credit card thing. You know that's that's really really scary because. Um, I'm not going to lie. The, um, I, I really yesterday thought, I don't know if I'm going to bet again this season and, and I'm doing a betting show. Like you're on a betting show right now. Now I enjoy it because I enjoy looking at football games through a line vision. Uh, Cardinals versus Jets doesn't interest me as much as Jets plus seven against the Cardinals interest. It's a different football game. And, but I, I guess I, I wish that there was a way in the broadcast to talk about it that wasn't money related. That was more about like the math to it because I that is my number one fear. And I'm kind of glad that we we wrapped it up there, which is just, this is not easy. It, it's really not. And, and even when you have smart people around you and that they have a system, I'm not going to lie. There are many times where I will talk to Warren Sharp on a Sunday night and the games that he lost, he'll go, they had it, but this, 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 this happened. And I'm going in my head. I'm going, there's no difference between my, my buddy, Dan and Warren fucking sharp, giving me all the reasons their bet didn't cash. And so if those guys that are being hired by football teams have excuses, what do you have, Mr. 18, 21 year old? So just be careful. And I'm sure you tell that to people too. No, you absolutely know it, Adam. Like I said, I, I tell people to learn from my mistakes. I don't want to be somebody's mom or big sister Ugh. and yell at them. But I mean, it's no different. I live in Vegas. We go down to the strip. Somebody wants to gamble. I'm like, dude, you just won six hands in a row. Let's go. Let's go to dinner. Let's go get a drink. Let's go do something mm. like let it go. You're up a thousand bucks right now. I know. No, I can't walk away on a heater. No, you should walk away on a heater. So if you feel good about your NFL season or you have the opposite where you feel really bad, it's okay. To I'll pass. never forget. I'll never forget. The first time I played craps was with Travis Kelsey. And <laughs> Are you kidding? That's great. He was like, he was like teaching me. We were like Tahoe. And it was the first time in my life where like we hit a heater. I never played before. So I just assumed this is how craps worked. And like, I think I rolled it like 17 times in a row. And I think That's Kelsey awesome. had like 15. And it was the first time in my life where casino employees were telling me to leave. Like we had busted and we had our chips and they literally were like, you should go. You should go. And what I was like, yeah. And they go, they go, that's not how craps work. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, it was like an eye opening experience where it's, there is no, let's keep that going. It's over. Congratulations. And I, especially with football, you know, it's the same thing too. But. You know, Adam, I, I had a really great NFL season last year and I kept saying regression is coming. I can feel it. I know it is. I ended up 12 and five on my best bets. Uh, during the regular season, I'm now one in three on my best bets. Mm. I can go four and zero oh on my other bets, but for some reason, the one that I like the most 
is just kicking my ass. So it is something that does happen to everybody. You may, like you said, week two, you may have had the best NFL week of your life. You may have be having the best NFL like month of your life. This may be the best NFL season you've ever had so far. Just remember that there has to be a point where the math is going to catch up with you, especially because you're laying 10% that vig. And in some places, this is why it's important to shop around 15%. I cannot believe that sportsbooks are getting away with that. So I know Crack likes to hammer on the bookmakers. Oh, and he likes he to does. tell them shame on them all the time. Yes. Shame on those guys charging minus 115 uh, vig. I, at at that, that point, I got to draw the line here. Like now I do think you're a dirtbag. Last, last thing is uh, my friend Tyler uh, likes to do anti-gut bets, which is when his gut is so convinced something's going to happen, he bets the other side. And he, he's something like me. He's the guy that like we, we like go over our bets together and he's really good at ant- Have you ever done that or is that just crazy? Uh you know, it's I like when he is like, he's like, it's a lock. He'll then put his money on the other team. And I, I, I it think cracks I me think up. he's an absolute utter genius. And I think he needs to yeah. talk to my guy friends because they need to do the same. Look, there, there's guys that spend umpteen hours, 20, 30, 40 hours a week on this would never, right? I, I'm probably one of those guys. I would never, if something I love, there's a, there's math mm. behind it. There's a situation, there's a, tr- there's trends, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I was doing that with my best bet, like, nope, I love the Raiders this week. Yeah, that, that would be, I'd be going really well right uh, now. Cause you're, you're in a spot like me where like your friends ask you and then like you casually say something and then they all bet it. And it's like, I don't want this right now. You know, I don't mind. I tell my, I tell my friends, I tell clients, I tell whoever asks, this is what I'm on. The only thing I ask is that you do not cherry pick. If I send you five games in college football, bet all five. Do not parlay all five. Bet all five straight up. And if we go three and two, everybody's happy. We go two and three, life's not the best, but it's mm. not that bad. We go five and oh, everybody is like, hell yeah. I want you to be like, damn it, I should have parlayed these, Kelly. Yes. That's yes. my goal. But if I say, they're like, Kelly, what's your best bet today? And I'm like, oh, it's the Broncos. And uh, But I'm also on these six games and you only bet the Broncos, right? It's, it's tough. And that's where I have my reservations with giving people picks. I do, but they know they cannot come back to me and bitch. You bitch. I'm done. Yeah. We're not talking about I it. That. I get it. Cause I'm way more mad at myself than you could ever be at me. Check her out on social at Kelly in Vegas. And of course she does a lot of great stuff with the BR betting squad. Uh, Kelly, I don't want this to be the last time. No, so if you want to come not. on again, I will invite you on again. Adam, I would love to do your show anytime you need somebody to fill in because somebody canceled last minute. That's not what happened. <laughs> Is that what you think happened? I take offense I'm to that. Kidding. I'm totally what kidding. What really happened was was uh, I came up with a list before the year of people that I would want to have on Thursdays. And then Ingber texted me two days ago and said, what if we do Kelly this week? I go, she's on the list. Let's do Yay. it. Yay. No, I, I appreciate uh, it. You know, as I because I like the way that you handle yourself. I think that there it's um there's a lot of bullshit and there's a lot of ang- upset people that just like cherry picking the bullshit and I like the way you handle it and I've always enjoyed working with you and I think you're class act and I think you're good at what you fucking do. Let's go. Well, I um, appreciate you, Adam. All my friends love you. We were laughing about before we started about having a ro- voice for radio. I am not it, but I have a couple of guy friends that'll be excited that uh, I got to be on your pod. So definitely look. What out are their for- names? Uh, well, Chris Thurston is the biggest fan. I've tweeted you guys together before. He loved Chris. it. When you were doing the Madden Sims, he was yes. like, I'm not watching. Wait, Adam's on. Okay, I'm in. I love that. Chris, shout out to you, bro. You're the fucking man. Uh, again, shout out to DJ Ski. And now we're going to get to the sultry tones of John Barchard to take us to another segment. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three Crack Commandments with Bill Krakenberger. Those sultry John Barshard tones means only one thing, that it's time for the Crack Daddy. Crack, the big thing that we're talking about today, first of all, you look great. Uh, you, do you feel great? How you feeling these days? I do. I feel good, man. Yeah, back in Vegas and... Uh... Yeah, ready for a nice, uh, nice slate of games. You can feel the weather changing a little bit, though. I love it. Football's in the air. 
Um, we're doing this on a Wednesday because as if you're watching on video, you can see that I'm literally sitting in like a roundabout parking lot outside of a hotel in California. I, I don't, this, this time different stuff is crazy crack. I don't, the world doesn't make sense on the West coast. Absolutely. You know, flying back, back and forth. And I just did it too. It takes you a while to get used to it. And, uh, there is such a thing, you know, when your brain's always working too, my brain works on flights too. So I'm constantly working and there comes to be a point where you you know, start to fall a little bit. Good. Well, right. Now now that you say that, so the reason I'm here is I, I did a, a shoot uh, with Daryl Henderson of the Rams, and we were yep. talking about 1 o'clock East Coast games. And he was like, bro, it's crazy. It really does feel like 10 a.m., which to me validated all of the gamblers that have told me over the years about how hard it is for the West Coast teams. It was like confirmation of that storyline crack. It made me feel so good. Right, right. Oh, no, it really does. And, uh, you know, I, I've made that, t you know, you're a little bit further. Though. I'm in Vegas. You're out in, in California there. You know, it's an extra hour. Till. So you're talking about a six hour flight. Now, by the time you, you know, think about this too, for preparation, getting on the plane, getting your stuff. It's, it's a full day, man. It's a full shift. So for sure. Um, the main thing we've been focusing on in this episode, Crack, it's been less about the individual bets and more about because we're recording this on Wednesday, all of the sheer craziness that's happening with COVID right now. And what I wanted to talk to you about is in this age where there's benefits in gambling for acting quickly and going after certain lines, but now we're getting like these news reports on Wednesday and Thursday and everything's up in the air. I'm just curious, how has Vegas, the Sharks, yourself, how have they all change their ways with an event like happened this morning as we're recording and impact so many things you know it's funny because uh being here in vegas now and and this morning i was up extra early watching these lines were still moving around um uh, some things actually surprise me still I, I i don't even there's games on the board that's not even up yet still there's no lines on these games and and they took the jets game down today uh, which in the last hour, the Jets came, came off the board and it's coming back on the board just for a quarter quarterback switch from, from Darnold over to Flacco. But, um, you know, you just don't know. Uh, they're all in red, by the way, which, which that means is uh, there's half the board is in red this week. And let me just explain. If you, people don't know what that means, that means you can't bet the full amount. You can actually bet a portion of the amount. Because, you know, these bookmakers have been getting beat up on these, especially on these overs, really. And uh, they just want to know what's up. And they're only going to take half or even a quarter of limits. And that's something mm. I noticed standing out this morning. Um, and there's a couple of games that got moved around this morning, actually. So kind of interesting. You have to keep your eye on that social media, see what's up. Noob question. If you bet on, let's say, the Jets game and then it gets taken off the board, your original bet is still good, right? Yes, original bet is still good. Um, just to give you a perfect example, guys that bet last week New England plus seven and a half on uh, you know on Friday or Thursday or earlier in the week, they got seven and a half when the line closed at twelve. Uh, the, the that was me. Bet, that was me. Oh, yeah. You know, only on this, not in real life. Only on the pod. On the, on the parlay cards, it looked like a good bet plus seven and a half. And uh, yeah, you, we, we all got burned if you if you bet them on there. And the opposite way, though, if you bet if you if you if you bet KC, then you actually got a better line by, than, than the closing line. So yeah, you get you get, your ticket goes as written. Um, usually, sports books have a policy where a game has to be played within 48, 72, or even up to a week of that game time. So you have to find out, check with your local sports book because it does vary book to book. So, Crack, this is the degenerate brain in me. The image that I saw of Stefan Gilmore dapping up Patrick Mahomes. One, I'm worried about my guy personally and his health because we now know that Gilmore has COVID. But I'm also thinking about that gambling brain where I just experienced what it was like to bet on the Patriots and then they lose their quarterback and I'm locked into that line. Is there any interest now that we just saw a team, their star quarterback, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, dapping up a guy with covid is there anything to maybe betting against the chiefs in these next few weeks and maybe they're forced to play a backup quarterback i'm if i'm gonna like i'm trying to make money here wow uh again i i don't mean to kiss your butt here but just the thought process you have there compared to all the stuff i do during the week that's fantastic though it, it is i mean you have to think of stuff like that and uh 
It may not be a because I know I know you guys bet games sometimes weeks ahead of time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. At the beginning of the season, especially. So, uh, but yeah, you're you're right. You have to put all that into uh, into the box of the brain there, thinking what's going on next week. Sometimes you don't want to jump on games early, well, especially now during the situations like you just mentioned. So, um, it's an interesting little facet of the handicapping brain that you have to put into there if you're going to start betting sides earlier in the week. So. Uh, very interesting, Adam. I, I kind of agree with you. Absolutely. What about future bets against a team like the Titans who haven't been able to be in their facility now? They just had a game canceled. They have more positive tests. We assume that when they come back to play, we'll see. But this is a team now that is completely, their flow is completely ruined. And you'd have to imagine when they come back, it's still going to be an issue. What do you think about that? So now there's going to be now you're actually going to have to put in to to the uh, you know there, there's actually book by book you have to go to the certain sports books now and see the rules you have too because I don't even know what the rule is for Tennessee I don't know if I have a future on Tennessee by the way just to let you know I have a future on Tennessee to win the division at the at the Superbook so I don't even know the rules do they have they have to play the 16 games I would think um, I, I, they, mm. so it goes from book to book. So you have to make sure you check what your what your book you know your bookmaker what the rules is. Mm. But yeah, they announced I think two more guys this morning had COVID that didn't have it before. So um, this is also throwing another wrench in the potential futures market of why in the beginning I even said and a lot of people that were sharp said maybe you don't want to tie up money for you know 20 weeks. You don't know we're going to get this whole season in. Yeah, because the last thing you want. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'd rather lose a bet than just be like, here, here's the money. Sorry. Like, it grew nothing. There was no potential gain at all. Um, we, we sat here last week and looked at each other and thought, let's use our big brains and start betting unders uh, because eventually it's going to catch up. And every score I looked at last week was 60 plus. And it was the fewest amount of penalties called in one week since 2013, which is seven years ago. Uh, I feel like it's... It, and I feel like it's going to switch back in the playoffs like they always do. And Bill Belichick's like ready to take advantage of it. But where are you now with the over-under paradox in the NFL season? I'm so glad you brought this up. Here's a perfect example. Last Monday, I bet five games over the total on Monday. Monday morning, eight in the morning, five games over the total. Now, I went on a couple shows like yours and said, hey, sooner or later, this has got to – return to the mean a little bit. I was hoping it wasn't going to be last week, and, and well, obviously it wasn't. Well, I think this week's a little different. Monday morning I woke up. I didn't bet a single game on the over because every game uh, had literally two to three points added on to the total. I mean, it was 58 on a uh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. yeah, give me some examples. What, what were the games that you looked at when, like, oh, they're adjusting? Oh, well, that, that, that game, put it this way, the sharp groups – no one has bet over on a single game this week, and I know three different groups that bet totals, NFL totals including myself. No one has bet over. They've only bet unders, actually, this week. And only a couple, not really. They haven't really dabbled in the market. But look at the Seattle game opened up 58. I mean, that's just amazing. It's like it's so many points These these uh, a lot of these teams opened up. Listen, we actually bet under on, on, on a couple games myself. And um, just some games I just thought were overinflated. But listen – I have to tell you, I don't you, – you, this season's an unbelievable thing. You can't – who knows? I'm saying this stuff, and listen, they all may go over again. I just know one thing. The sports books aren't going to start – aren't going to continue to get kicked in the teeth week after week with everyone being able to bet these overs, the sharps and the public and the squares alike. They have to over-adjust, and I think this is the week I think they started over-adjusting a little bit uh, on these totals. Since you're in Vegas, you actually have a real perspective. Are they getting their teeth kicked in? Like, what are you hearing from the sports books right now? Listen, they all can cry a good game, but I'm not going to be passing around a collection plate for the sports books and the bookmakers, that's for sure. Because I'll tell you right now, um, even though they did lose a lot on these, on that, especially that first set of uh, the early games on Sunday, everyone, a lot of overs came out. Listen, they win so much money with parlay cards, with people betting parlays, people betting teasers, not knowing the value of what they really should be laying, and people betting last second into an ironed-out line. 
So, um, I, like I said, I'm not going to be making no collections for any bookmakers. They're still making money. Yeah, but you, but not not like they're. Used you know to. what though? The thing I like the thing that I like about you, you're not a go and talk to the GM of the casino guy. You're a go and talk to the teller, and and because they're the ones that deal with the most people. And so what have, what have they been telling you when you go to the window? Because I know you're a talker. So what kind of conversations have they been saying? I actually have some good relationships with line book managers. And then it, and also, like you said, going right down to the tellers and stuff. So, um, But, yeah, no, they actually are not making what they used to make, what they're used to. Now, don't forget, they're still reeling from a couple weeks ago when Kansas City played the Chargers. That week, again, if Kansas City would have covered versus the Chargers, uh, even they, they, they get the win, and that hurt the sports book. So everyone teased Casey down to under the key number of three. But if they would have actually won that game, that would have been the worst Sunday on record for sports books, uh, for sure. So the, 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 the ever probably ever the first the, the worst Sunday on record. Yes, um, where they actually I know a lot of the books actually lost money, but like I know one of the sharp books in, in town here actually made a little bit of money. But I know the square books wow. they got destroyed. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this week, public money. Where is it flowing, crack? You know, uh, in the last hour, um, now I'm not going to say public. This is sharp money. You know, you would think automatically, oh, my God, Brady came off this giant game last week. I think he threw five touchdowns. I mean, I mean yeah, yep. so, so um, you know, you would think, oh, wow, the public's going to be all over. At least that's what I thought. I thought the public was going to be all over uh, Tampa this week. Well, um, I just seen it get hit in the last hour, and the Bears are now uh, went from four and a half down to even minus three, minus twenty. I see out there three and a half, no juice. So the the sharp guys have taken uh, the plus four and a half, and you say to yourself, there was fives last night. I say to myself, God, they looked so putrid last week. The Bears. I think they scored eleven points. Was it was like terrible. They they looked so bad. But um, you know, you, 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 yeah, and it was mainly at the end on the last second drive. Right, right, right. So. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, we, I've seen a couple unders this week. The Eagles Steelers, that game moved three points to the under. So uh, you're not seeing mm. no overs this week. Uh, you know, the Steelers got a full week of, of practice without having to play the, play a game. So due to the Titans, the COVID situation. So they're rested and ready. And, you know, your Eagles. I love the Steelers in that game. I love really? the Steelers in that game. Wow. Because mainly, mainly because the Eagles go out there. And they get a win that they absolutely should not get. It's a late Sunday game. It's a cross country. They're coming back across the country. They're going to be feeling high. They got some BS picks that they shouldn't have gotten. San Francisco should have been up 7 nothing immediately, but uh, Mullins overthrew check. I, I just think that was one of those, like, they're riding high. And here's Pittsburgh, who's 3-0, and coming off of a bye. It, to me, it just feels like one of those. And it's like the same Pittsburgh Steelers team that went into Philly a few years ago and got destroyed when they were both 3-0. and To me, it just has all the makings of like a really high team about to deflate against a really... like The Steelers' defense is special, Crack. It's the best in the NFL. And, and that offensive line for the Eagles is so bad that I think people are going to be like, oh, they were able to handle San Francisco. I just think it's a different story entirely with Pittsburgh. I love that you could, you know, you, you take all the emotion and the element because you're an Eagles fan though, right? That, that's one of your teams, right? Yeah, but I normally pick against that's them. That's great. Because I see, I, I, I only see their flaws. That's great though. That's great that you could, you could, you could go against them. That's great. But uh, that's this, this is the game that has been knocked down from 46 to 43 and a half. The Sharps moved it down there. So, uh, we're expecting maybe a little bit of a lower scoring game uh, from what I'm seeing. And, you know, you bring up some valid great points. The east to west coast, um, there, there's, there's a lot more to that now than ever. So you're, you're, you're probably right about that. And I'll tell you, um, I really didn't look into the side too much. You have some valid points. Really, the Eagles really probably shouldn't have won that game. What is the what is the spread right now? Um, I actually don't know the, the the point spread on the game. I'm sorry. I usually I usually should know, no, know what I got hit down to. Um, here I I have all I have all, every line on my phone, the opener to the closer. So, do you have it on the let's yeah, say I, I the Crack the official, Wins app? I have the official thing there. So Pittsburgh opened at seven. And it's actually seven and a half. Now you can still get minus seven, mm. minus twenty out there. Um, so it's it's still it's still around the same on the side. And uh, you know again. 
when, it, when it, this is a good point I just thought of now that now that we're thinking on the line. Whenever a line is low like that, a total is getting low. You should make sure you can if you can buy with your bookmaker. If you could buy around, you you don't want to lay seven and a half when you can lay seven. Is what I'm saying. So you want to buy at the seven if you can lay an extra ten cents. Uh, and, and the same thing on the three, of course, they charge a little more juice, though. But that's just something I was thinking off, offhand, though. So uh, interesting situation there, Adam. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Let's see what happens. It could be it could be like a blowout game. It could be like like 30 to 10. You're right. I hope not, but I get that feeling. Uh, Crack, uh, again, you can, you can check out all of Crack's information and all of his dealings, and, and he's also a really good writer, the Crack Wins app. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end it with this, Crack. Is there one bet – uh, that is tickling your fancy the most. You know, I, I actually did bet the Jets under. Uh, we talked a little about it, a little bit, little, little bit about it earlier. The, the new and now that you get Joe Flacco, Flacco, man, that's sweet. Yeah, and you know he's probably at the end of his career. Last year he didn't look that good versus Denver, um, so I, I, I don't listen. Listen to me, crack. Sam Darnold is running for his life, and Sam Darnold is a top ten mobile quarterback in the NFL. The opposite is true about Joe Flacco. That dude is what is the they they call it an Indian a uh, wooden Indian right, right. like that dude just stands there. It's going to be a free for all yeah. on Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of think uh, also like the, the Kylo Murray. Listen, uh, I know he's explosive at times. He's still making some some mistakes, and uh, so but we like the under. We actually we actually made the game. We make our own lines ahead of time. We actually made the game around forty four. So under forty seven is, is a is a pretty good game. So that, that that's from the Crack Wins app. Thanks for thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, it the Arizona right now. It's a little bit like what happened with Deshaun Watson, where you get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on your team, and you're like, how do we get him the ball? This has happened with Odell, and then it kind of messes up the offense because you're forcing it. And it, Arizona's offense looks worse than last year. But Kyler Murray still makes plays that you see on Sports Center, and you go, "Wow, this guy is explosive." Yep. Uh, crack, you're the man, dude. You look great. You sound great. The Vegas Strip looks phenomenal as always, and I'm over here sweating profusely. It's great to see you, pal. Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. See you next week. All right, check out the Crack Wins app. Crack, you're the man, dude. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, Ingber. It's reached that time of the show. We make our picks. Do you have a recap of how we did last week? Yeah, last week you went one and two. Uh, your list was a Chiefs minus seven, which of course they covered because there was all sorts of pick sixes and quarterback COVID situations. Uh, you leaned toward the Seattle Miami over fifty four, which was a loss, unfortunately for you. And uh, you loved the Indy Chicago over that ended up going way under, just nineteen to eleven, so thirty points instead of forty three and a half. So mm. a rough week, but we did start to see the unders creeping in, which is something that you mentioned with crack. And uh, your double loser bet, your your quadruple uh, over, or was it five overs? I'm crushing it right now. As just so people know, I'm trying to go zero and sixteen on long shot bets and parlays throughout the year, which is very difficult to do. If I'm going for twelve to one, twelve to one type bets to go zero and sixteen is very difficult. I'm currently zero and four. I had a four way over parlay: Falcons, Pal- Falcons, Packers, and Patriots, Chiefs on Monday night. They both went under, so I only hit two of my four overs. I'm great. I'm uh, I'm I'm 0 and 4. I'm rocking and rolling. I'm going to go 0 and 16 this year. It's going to be amazing. I'm over here trying to look up what the Seahawks Dolphins line finished at. It finished at 54. That's a push. I went 1 1 and 1. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was 31 23. I pushed, baby. 1 1 and 1. You're like the Eagles. You got that wonky record now. Yes. Uh okay. In terms of bets uh that I'm thinking about this week, uh I'm going to make my lean uh giants plus nine and a half uh i think that it's a little bit closer and i i got done talking to daryl henderson yesterday and i think uh gabe the giants fan on this call will appreciate it he explicitly talked about leonard williams and how freaking incredible that guy was and i think that dallas offensive line that just lost their center i think it's i think it's a much closer game than 10 or nine and a half whatever it is um i am gonna go um Man, all these lines are so high. Um, I am going to go Steelers minus seven. I'm seeing against my Philadelphia Eagles as my middle one. Uh, I think that the Eagles are going to absolutely just collapse. Um, and then let me pick a total. 
I am going to pick. Oof. Oof, David. Um, I'm going to pick the Cardinals minus seven. I'm picking all sides this week. It's Joe Flacco and the Jets. I think Arizona's defense carries the way. I think the Cardinals minus seven. So I, I'm, I'm all over the place, Ingber. Are you ready for my loser of the week? Yes. I'm going with a straight-up two-team money line parlay. I need the Browns to beat the Colts. That's plus 100. And the Bengals to beat the Ravens at plus 550. I need both of those things to happen in order to win. And again, I'm trying not to win. So I just can't imagine the Browns and the Bengals both win because then the mm. and a, the AFC North would just be totally upside down and I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I can't imagine the Ravens this, gonna lose this game. This is the scariest one you've made. This it is, is a little scary. <laughs> but it is exactly 12 to 1. So I'm staying with my with my rules and my structure. Reread mine again. I think I took what? Giants plus 9.5, Steelers minus 7, Cardinals minus 7? Correct. Oof. All sides, okay. which, uh, you know, crack tells you is a little bit of a square way to go. I'm like sweating so much right now. It's it was a, Those are called sweat bets brought to you by Degree. Um, thank you to Crack for coming on. Thank you to Kelly Stewart. And as always, thank you to Ingber. Again, everyone, wear your mask, social distance. Be a part of the solution. Don't be a part of the problem. And think of these guys as people. Don't think of them as part of your fantasy team. Have a heart. For David Ingber. Cam Newton went on Twitter this week and said, make sure to wear your mask and keep your distance. And I think that's wonderful that he's doing that. But you don't have to wait until the disease affects you personally to start believing Mm. in this stuff. Mm. And I'll just say to everybody out there, start your life today. If you're at home and you just feel overwhelmed with everything and you've been quarantining and life ain't going the way you want it and you feel trapped and you feel like kind of slow and you're like, I'm not getting what I want. Now's the fucking time. Now's the fucking time. Get the fuck out of your house. Go for a walk. Put on a mask. Get some sun. We're about to enter the winter. And being out in California has kind of been like, wow, I didn't realize how good they have it out here. Just in terms of like being able to be yourself. And uh, I know that I feel that way sometimes. And so I'm just trying to share that message with the homies at 33%. Uh, Get yours. It's fucking time. I love you guys. L-E-F-K-O-E-M-E-N. Man, out. We'll holler at you guys later. Peace.